because something is common doesn't make it normal there's a difference between the two and yeah. it's the perception of it like why is my body waking me up during the night then I have people say oh it's because I drink a litre of water before bed okay we'll go a week without drinking a litre of water before bed do you still wake up yeah oh like, what, what is it then test your blood glucose see what's yeah. going on there and okay we'll just have a little protein snack before bed it's usually signs as we said the blood glucose side of things and these are people and going back myself like from bodybuilding days um like i think i've been seeing you here or not here obviously in the old practice before uh, since just after my first show so that's 2008 end of 2008 i was gonna say it's crazy gonna yeah. jesus has been that long yeah jesus like we're getting old um but I would say I was healthy in that state there. Obviously, I wasn't, but that was what was deemed fit for the purpose of getting on a bodybuilding stage yeah. uh, and whatever. Like You're lean, you've got veins everywhere, but it's not healthy. And like the perception was still to push myself. And even now, like I do struggle with the perception of that, oh, people look at the pictures of how I used to be. And like, I'm not a personal trainer now. I'm a functional medicine yeah, practitioner. Like, it's the perception of myself. Don't you think in society, though, we've, we've been really trained to that. We have a perception of what is attractive. We have a perception of what youth looks like. What success we have is. A, a perception, certainly, of what success looks like. Um, the Olympics at the moment are a classic. For some people, their level of success as an athlete is they got to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, there's a huge amount of... of focus on the the you know the gold and silver and the metal element but that's actually such a small element of um say like 100 meters that's a, there's only a f elect, select flu are rarely competing for that but for many they actually get into olympics to be an olympian is a major success within the, within athletic yeah. career um so we have a real thing of perception and health but we have a big thing of what we perceive as what is healthy so um you know, and so it's hard to define what is healthy. One of the things that that in chiropractic we we talk about is robustness. Mm -hmm. So that ability to to have trauma, whether it's physical, emotional, chemical, and bounce back. So it's going back to the heart rate variability element. We 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 all going to have traumas, and there's a great one with this with the uh, on the emotional side of things is that trauma is not the event which happened to you. It's the physiological adaption of the body to that event. And so those people who really battle to adapt and pick up from that, that's the trauma. That's the physiological effect. Um, it's not the event because two people can have the same event, but one seems to cope and get over it. And the other one, it spirals out to whole sorts of other issues. But they had the same event. So the trauma isn't the, the event. It's not, it, yeah. It's the it's the adaption, it's the perception, it's the recovery, it's the the processing. But there's also um, like one thing I do with clients is we do an exposure history, which basically we go back from basically like day dot of their health, things that have happened, mold exposure, stress, traumas that they've been through, and we look through it. And it's crazy because like they might see something and start doing something, and they don't realize that it was their subconscious holding on to that memory of when something happened. There was, yeah. there was someone I was speaking to and uh, he was saying that his dad actually died when he was a kid um, because of drowning. And he went to an interview and there was a machine just like the water machine over here and then pressed it and he heard the, the glug and he basically had a panic attack. Yeah. And he hadn't heard one for a while and, was, and he looked back deeper into it and it was 
his subconscious, he was there when it happened, his subconscious witnessed that. Now, he'd forgotten it, he'd take it out of his conscious mind, but yeah. the subconscious was there, and it does that with our health so much that well, the, the subconscious we, we don't realise. Yeah, the conscious. subconscious does not forget. No. And it will try and keep you safe. So, like, when you feel anxious about a certain situation that you know you should be doing, subconscious is probably like, hey, oh, calm down, just, like, let's not go there, that sort of thing. Um, and I think that's, it's an underlooked place in healthcare where it's always let's look at the symptoms but what truly did start yeah. when did that symptom but, but start? this is this is the big shift is that i think people are waking up to it is they are asking why rather than just what because there is a shift in the realization that a lot of a lot of if you look very carefully at some of the even some of the adverts on tv some of the health products they will even say it's a bit like the the packet of on cigarettes you know smoking kills yeah uh, even on some of the, the the medications, they'll say effective in the relief of the symptoms of X Y Z. So, but we then really get to the point of saying, well, that's what the treatment of X Y Z is as a as a medical condition. But they're really just effectively um, making us more comfortable by managing the symptoms. Yeah. But not really. T- no one's really taking enough time to say, okay, can I reverse this? Can I improve this or are there other things that I can do? I just did a, a patient as a GP and we were talking about COVID and we were talking about the effects on consultations. And so they've, they're really now trying to juggle with the elements of can we keep um, some elements of online consultation because for some situation that works well. And then, but we still need to do face to face. So they're really struggling with that. And she was saying that that's a surprise that there's a lot of people who have been woken up on the idea that I'm now regarded as vulnerable because I've got diabetes, but I have, I, it's been controlled. I have no problem, but now... Controlled by medication. Exactly. So I thought well, everything was okay. And I said, well, your symptoms are managed, but you're still diabetic. So you're still put into a vulnerable category. And they're like, well, I don't want to be, I don't see myself as vulnerable. I don't want to be vulnerable. So now they're asking, what can I do? Do I need different medication? And I said, no. And then the, she was saying, you've got to look at your lifestyle which is and they go like oh so i can so there's this this waking up change of perception but on the other flip side she says she's still got some who's going i just want a drug so they are very much of that aware that there's still this this idea of perception of can i help myself or can't i or do i just take this drug and get on with my life taking so, a drug perception wise is easier like we know that because like sometimes but a lot of people well, don't realize they have a choice to to influence it themselves they just think I just, I just need, you know, I've just got to take the drug. I've just got to, I think that's it's, what I've got to do. the belief to like be able to actually get to that healthy state because sometimes people, and I know before that like, when I was really overweight, that I felt I was so far away from getting healthy. This is like a long while ago now. It's like when I was like 20 years old. So uh, it was, oh, I've got like 100 pounds to lose. Why even bother? Because it's going to be so hard to do it. And is it just easier to stay here and just kid myself that I'm happy, that sort of thing? Yeah. And eventually, like, you start losing it, so you continue losing it and so on. And then one thing led to another, I got on the bodybuilding stage. But, but isn't it, it would have been easier you, to not do isn't it. Isn't it also, we're talking about perception, isn't it? It's interesting because for some people, they can then take it to the nth degree to the other side. That yeah, I went from they, one extreme to the other. They're then almost, you know, bulimic, anorexic, these concepts because of the psychological element of, 
that I need to be working even more. But so my it's all about perception. My perception was that get he- get muscly, not healthy, get muscly, and I'd be really confident. Yeah. And I wasn't because I had to do the work up here and like in here to actually get confidence up. And I still have days when I'm not as confident as people think, but the perception was if I can do that I'll be really confident and don't don't like, like it helped with a bit of confidence yeah, yeah. like being able to do it know what is possible but I went on stage seven times so I've done seven shows and didn't build my confidence enough like it, it was that this actually made me more unconfident because I thought people wanted me to look or thought I looked that way all the time like my Facebook profile picture was doing like a side chest pose or something and so you think oh people think you look like that year round and for starters that's a bit of a weird tan to have year round <laughs> but like, that perception was there and then it, it went to that extreme where as you know like I would literally be overtraining, and uh, under eating like exercise bulimia essentially leading to like binge eating and stuff like that so it is one extreme and it was yeah. based on perceptions this is why I find uh, autobiography is really quite interesting because they give a a chance, especially if you look at a high-profile person who's at the end of their career, especially sportsmen or women, and they write autobiographies where they are a little bit more released. They can say what they can share you stories worry about more. Sponsors as well, yeah. that stuff. And so last night on the cricket, um, Kevin Peterson was being. They were talk. Him and Nasser Hussain were doing a, a talk about technique of batting and all sorts. And Kevin, they asked him about preparation, and he said they said to him. You used to come out and, and to come out and bat and be this like gladiator and this I'm tall and I'm care and I'm come to fight and going to smash the ball all over the place. He said, where did you get that confidence in that? And he turned around and said, it was just a show. He said, before I batted, I would be getting, going to the loo. I, when I get nervous, I go to the toilet more. He said, I'll go to the toilet 10, 15, 20 times, depending on how long it was until I, I went out to bat. But he says, as I knew going to bat, I knew that if that the, the fielding side and the bowler knew that I was, in his words, would have like bricking it or so, then um, then I've I've I'm halfway. I've lost the the challenge already. So he said that was a persona. He says that was the perception that I want to be. He says, but inside, he says, every time I performed, I was nervous as anything for failure. You can so that's someone, yourself that way, and right? so so then you look at the, the 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 crowd going, oh, he's great. He's so confident. But when you break it down and they think it's a perception, it's, yeah. it's very often not the case. And I think it's refreshing to hear that someone who's so successful by our definition as a career, where he still would have self-doubt, he'd still be things, he'd still be trying to prove himself and he would be, he would be you know, not a, a, as we would perceive. There's um, a Bear Grylls show, Running Wild, and he takes celebrities out. Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen some of them. Yeah. He's had like he's had a bomber on there and stuff. I mean, it's like amazing to like the stories he has with them and the chats he has with them. And there was one with, with Dave Batista. Now I used to be a wrestling fan, and Batista was wrestling at the time. And you look there and you think, oh, this guy is so confident and he's like so successful. And he'd done a couple of films, and he said before he got Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, he was literally a rock bottom and was about to go bankrupt because he just didn't have the confidence and like you, you see him doing this and you see his actual fears this, this action hero and he's climbing this rope ladder which is pretty scary but like it is about perception like, yeah. they're actors and I, 
there's there's been studies that actually talks about um, I don't know what they actually done, what metrics they done, but there was actors that played a really depressed part for a couple of days, and then ones that actually like played a happy part. It was the serotonin and dopamine levels were so much like more balanced than the ones that were playing the happy part. The depressed yeah. ones just went low, so then they started craving more, which makes you think about people that play a part in soaps. Obviously, they're getting good um, good money for it potentially, and like someone in EastEnders and they play someone from like 10 years they literally become that person this is interesting. day in so, day out so does their physiology change if, if through that length of time they are playing someone who is portraying uh, highly stressed and is, and is I would you know, say so would, that would be interesting depends be how much they get into it as an actor yeah yeah the more yeah. you're into it if, you, if you're playing that and that's you know I don't know what, what you know filming five or six days out of seven kind of thing and you're spending a lot of time because you hear of actors, don't you, of going into staying in character? Yeah. When they're doing filming, in big and films, stuff. yeah. And um, you look at someone like Christian Bale, like going into his, um, he had like the Machinist, like Batman Dark Knight, I think it was, or Batman Begins. Then he had the Machinist, where he had to play someone who was anorexic. Then the next Batman film, yeah. and then there was yeah, I've always when they have to literally change Vice their, or so, change so like their body shape. in great shape, anorexic, in great shape. Then he played. I want to say Dick Cheney. Was he Was Dick, he vice president, Dick Cheney? I think so. It might have been him, but vice it was called. And he had to play him, overweight guy, like balding and everything. And then he had the next Batman film or something like and then to then, get into that part. So then to finish up really is then the perception is those people are successful, they can do all this, but... What's their health like? From a health perspective... They're going to have what's, a lot what's of problems the going on. Show? So... Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I think perception is a huge thing because we we deceive, we get deceived, we deceive ourselves. So what kind of things uh, perhaps out there does that relate to you? You know, does that lighten you to subtler things where we are exposed to, as we said, always with media, with perception of, of society. Um, but sometimes it's it's good, honest, home truths to ourselves in the privacy of our own own minds and our own uh, fortresses of of where we are and. And if our big message always is it's not only, you know, the what, but it is more significantly the why. So um, hope you uh, that's sparked some interest. We're obviously always available for yep. feedback or you want to connect with, with Ollie and I, we're, we're obviously available. And uh, if we can get a chance to influence your health or move you or support you in any way, um, our doors are, doors are always welcome or open welcome we're always welcome unless they're closed to, until, unless we're not until they're closed drop us a message on social yeah. media right until next time on Unplugged take care we'll see you soon take care bye bye